0: This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, everybody, so good to be with you again on this uh, beautiful Sunday morning as we Dive into the word of the Lord, which is, I think, the water that our souls were created to receive and, and gain strength and sustenance in our life. And so I look forward to this privilege of just being able to, to share that with you. And last week I was, I was talking as we entered into this new series. We're titling New Beginnings, which is taking a look at uh, stories out of the word of the Lord, where there was a there was a birthing out of brokenness into something beautiful. I think if there's anything about God, He makes everything the word of the Lord says beautiful in its time. And so this is the trajectory that we're on. It's His creation. We are partnering with the beautiful gospel that we're going to take a fresh look at again today to see a new beginning for this moment that we find ourselves in human history um, at present. And and I believe it's a moment, maybe like no other, that that we could see the glory of God come and touch down in our own hearts, which is the most important thing, and then out of our hearts overflow into a world. That so needs the good news of Jesus. So so glad to have you with me this morning. I mentioned um, a few things last week as I was giving you, you some updates on our summer plans. I want to make sure and, and give clear communication here again on this morning as it relates to where we're going. And I asked for three things. I said, would you extend by the grace of God patience, prayer, and participation. We're going to need those three things to just move forward into what the Lord has for us this summer um, amidst everything that's transpired with this recent season with COVID-19. And uh, on, the, on the patient side, obviously there's a lot of logistics that we're busy working on and, and, and enacting to scale up back into some in-person gatherings, as, as I mentioned, where we're really leaning into some prayer um, we're leaning into serving our community. We're leaning into celebration of what Jesus is doing in our midst through our first Sundays as we gather. And then also connection and community as we go a little deeper into relationships. So even today as, as I minister the word of the Lord, I'm not just going to preach to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you into a conversation that I want you to have with your family, maybe some friends that are gathered with you this morning, or neighbors, or whoever it may be that's, that's with you as we meet together um, through this medium in our homes, which is such a blessing. Thank God for that. But prayer, I mentioned our lease agreement right now with the United Methodists, who has a denomination, have decided to hold back on when they're going to move forward with gatherings. And so we're trying to honor what they're feeling to do, in their side of things, but move forward with what the Lord has placed in our hearts. So we're asking for prayer just as we can come into some agreement with them on that in the days to come. And then lastly, participation. We have some updated service roles in light of how we're going to be um, doing everything that we're going to be doing moving forward with excellence and, and care and concern for the hearts of those that call this community home and that will be coming in maybe to visit the harbor and, and participate in, in our worship gatherings. And, um, you know, Harbor Online, so we're going to run that simultaneously with what we're doing even in person. So please take a minute, visit our Harbor app. Um, and and go under Harbor Serve and say, hey, click on that. Say, I'm willing to serve and pick an area and then we will be in touch with you concerning that and there'll be more information coming very, very soon. If you don't mind, as we go into this message um, in this sermon series of New Beginnings that I've titled, Born to Thrive, where I'm gonna look into the gospel that has positioned us in life to move beyond merely surviving or survival to actually thriving. Could we just invite Holy Spirit into this moment to help me, to help us to see what God is wanting to show us and to hear what God is wanting to speak to us. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the shed blood and the accomplished work on the cross. And we ask you for insight and understanding into your will, your kingdom as it comes and meets with us today in Jesus' name. So we're on this journey, right? We're on this journey into not just surviving, but thriving and we see in Hebrews chapter 11, I want to show you this in verses 8 through 10, going all the way back to the beginning, because we've got to start at a foundation in order to build from there to get perspective on where we contextually find ourselves in this moment in new covenant Christianity or New Testament Christianity. But it goes back to this story of, of Abraham, and it says in verse 8 that by faith, it's huge right there. By faith, not by his own efforts, not by his own strength, not by his own zeal, not by his own desires, but by faith, Abraham obeyed God, obeyed God when he called him to leave, now listen to this, leave home, leave the culture of what he had known. Now remember, Abraham wasn't a religious man. He was the son of an idol maker. He was, he was born into a broken system, a broken culture. And so by faith, when God began to call Abraham on this journey, he had to leave home and go to a whole other land. God was getting ready to bring a new beginning through this man's life. And, and it, it would be one that God was going to give him an inheritance now this inheritance that God's giving is an eternal inheritance. It's not one that's just for now and then it's gone. It's something that lasts forever. And we're actually recipients of this inheritance as the generations that have been blessed by Abraham's decision to to by faith follow God into this new land. And he went without knowing where he was going. That's That's a whole definition of faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It was like a dream, a desire, but he didn't know how it was going to fully look, how it was going to play out. I think we're all in that space, right, to some degree. Even now, we have a greater perspective than Abraham did, but we're still like, gosh, don't know how this is all going to work out. God, speak to us. God, lead us. Verse 9 says, and when, even when he reached the land God promised that him, that he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents, so nothing was really established, just just like it was for Isaac and for Jacob, And, and they were the same that inherited these promises as well. But look at this with me in verse 10, it says, Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city, pay attention to that, to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Wow. Have you ever heard the term uh, undersell, overdeliver? Sounds good, right? You know, undersell, but overdeliver. I've been thinking as it relates to this new beginning that I believe God wants to bring us into, which is by faith, out of obedience, rooted in the gospel. I'm going to preach the gospel to you today. Because the gospel is what brings us into real new beginnings that last, that have eternal foundations, this city that that Abraham was looking for. But I'm wondering if the big C church, the church collectively, has undersold the gospel of the kingdom. Maybe undersold is a little too strong of terminology, but maybe not fully understood So not been able to oversell the gospel of the kingdom. And in doing so has under-delivered the fruit of this gospel. The fruit of this glorious good news. So I'm going to get bold this morning. I think it's time for us as believers to get bold about the reality of what Christ blood has accomplished for humanity and focus on that accomplishment because I believe new beginnings are upon us that that we don't just need to survive but we need to begin to thrive now look with me quickly at John chapter 10 verse 10 Jesus is speaking and he says the thief's purpose is to steal Unlawfully take something and kill literally means, if you look it up in the Greek, sacrifice by fire and destroy, or in other words, bring death. But he says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. This word life is the word zoe. It it, it literally is akin to this other word, suke, which is breath to the immortal soul or to the heart. Are you catching that? So he's talking about life that gives breath to the immortal heart. The soul of man. That that as this breath of life comes, it gives the capacity not just for survival but for thriving. Breath attached to the heart. You know... When I had a recent instance of this SVT, this um, irregular heartbeat that was going on with me. Now, just so you know, nothing serious, all right? I don't want everybody freaking out. What's wrong with Pastor Darren? Is everything okay? It's actually a pretty common occurrence and one that can be easily treated or fixed completely. But when you get into an irregular rhythm, they have to correct that rhythm. And what I didn't know is that they were going to inject my system with a drug or medication that was literally going to stop my heart and then restart it again. So when it restarted, it got back in a, in a proper rhythm. And I learned in this moment the connection between breath and this immortal thing called the soul, this thing called the heart. Because when I was in this experience in the emergency room, and they, they, they put the paddles on me, and God forbid, in case they needed to jumpstart me to get me back going again if the drug didn't work properly, as my heart literally stopped, which I didn't know was actually going to be happening, I felt myself... It was the weirdest experience, sinking inside of myself, and I was I, I, my body because my heart wasn't pumping any blood, wasn't getting any oxygen, it wasn't getting what the breath was 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 trying to uh, was getting. To it, it, because it wasn't pumping, my body wasn't able to respond. So I was breathing, 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 and nothing was getting any better. It was the strangest phenomenon I've ever had in my life. But I thought about it in terms of like the purposes of Jesus. You see, the breath that he's that he's he's wanting to have connected to our souls, our hearts, is what's going to make us feel alive. And otherwise, we're going to be paralyzed in a moment. Like I found myself in the hospital, just like, oh my gosh, I just want to live through this moment. That's how intense it felt. So I want to submit to you that the world right now doesn't even understand the concept of thriving. It's a completely different city, if you will. We're just trying to survive in the moment that we find ourselves in. We're just trying to survive. Because the Zoe-level of life is a next level kind of life. And it literally is this gospel of the kingdom. It's, it's what Jesus was telling them. Listen, there's a, there's a thief. There's thieves out there. There's a spirit of a big thief called the enemy, the the devil himself that's trying to steal, kill and destroy, like take what, take, take unrightfully, you know, burn, you know, sacrifice by fire, like literally bring, bring death. But I've come to give you life. And it's not life just to survive, but to thrive. If you look at the definition of survive, it literally means to simply stay alive. It also means to just exist. I want to pause right there. I want to ask you, how many of you feel like you're just trying to stay alive right now? Even in light of all that I believe in the goodness of God is being brought to the surface regarding racial injustice, racism, the, all these things that are, that are upon us right now in this moment. God just doesn't want us to survive through this moment. He actually wants to move, I believe, our nation, actually an entire people group in our nation into thriving thriving i'm going to talk more about that in just a minute it actually even moves beyond simply being someone who matters to someone who is created into this image of god himself in a specific way designed to thrive not just remain alive Not just exist. You see, when Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt after 400 years of slavery and oppression and hardship, building the city of the Egyptians, the cities of the Egyptians, really, The minute hardship came their way or challenges came their way, they were were willing to, to, to turn back. They actually came against Moses, which ultimately was against God himself. And they were willing to turn back and go back under their oppressor because... At least there they would get a free lunch versus starve in the wilderness, right? And so we got to make up our minds right now like, are we heading to the promised land or, and willing thus to enter into this Zoe life and, and overcome the circumstances and challenges that we may f- face and experience along the way and, and say we're never going back under that old system, under that old city, under that old space of brokenness? If so, we've got to be able to see this through the gospel lens of what Jesus came to give us which is life and life abundantly because it's bringing someone out of just surviving into a place of thriving now look at this with me because i'm not talking about some um, prosperity gospel I'm, i'm talking about zoe life where where the breath of god is connected to our souls and our and our soul is according to this definition of thriving is growing vigorously the heart of a man or a woman or a child of of every nationality, right? Every people group on the face of the planet is is growing vigorously and beginning to flourish. You see, the Egyptians were not flourishing under the oppression and slavery and, and racism really of that day, right? Over that people group. And they were, and they were oppressed and, and God was wanting to break them out and bring them into what he always intended for them to have. To grow vigorously, to flourish and to, and to progress. Here's the last part of the definition. To progress towards the realization of a goal despite the circumstances. There's a goal that God has in mind for humanity. Humanity. For people, for his church, for his bride, and it's to thrive. At the beginning of COVID 19, I want to say this, and I need you to hear me very carefully as I'm moving towards the end here. And during the stay at home order, which was a time for me to just sit with the Lord, like in so many levels. And during that time, I heard him say that the future, the glorious future that he has for us and for the church, is in the margins. Now, initially, I didn't understand it, but when I, when I just meditated on it for a while, he took me into clarity of vision, not just margins, but the future is in or among the marginalized. Obviously, in our context here in America, the, the focus right now, the, the 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 eyes of what I believe God has his eyes on is on our African-American brothers and sisters. It's a moment right up for us right now to see what God is doing, break off the oppression, break off the injustice, and move into the city of God. We're not trying to just survive this moment. We're going to move our brothers and sisters and, and the church as a whole into a moment of thriving of vigorous growth and flourishing and progress towards the realization of a goal that Abraham had to have this city whose builder and maker was the Lord, where he moved away from the culture of this world into the culture of the kingdom because of what Jesus opened up for us. You know, Wendy and I have traveled to over 33 nations around the world and and among some of the most marginalized, oppressed countries and peoples around the world. It's, 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 I believe if we could see something in America, it could give permission to break stuff open in other nations. And I'm not talking about anything political here. I'm talking about the gospel. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the kingdom of God because Matthew 24, 14 says the good news of the kingdom is going to be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, all ethnoses, all people groups and then the end shall come. Not And literally, that literally means the desired aim of the Father is going to come. The dream in his heart, the thing that he longed to see, the, long, the thing that he put in Abraham's heart that by faith he obeyed and he walked to where he didn't even know he was going. And so now this no doubt, doubt in, in, in my mind in no, to no doubt is going to bring about the transformation of cities and, and, and it's going to bring thus the transformation of many nations around the world if we could enter into this space Hebrews eleven ten says that these cities just need to be built with eternal foundations designed and built by God working through his people working through his people he's going to use us to build this city So as I wrap this up, I want to just give some practice. That sounds great. That's all spiritual. It's hyperbole. But let's get practical here. How are we going to get there? How are we going to find a way forward into this new beginning as people living in South Florida? And I believe the answer to that question, the answer to that, lies in this question. Who is pastoring this movement, the church or the world? That's that's a massive question. Like, I'm not going to... Uh, look for my answers in, in how the world is responding at this moment. I'm paying attention. I'm getting information from the way the world is responding. But my question is, who's going to pastor the movement? The church of the world. Now, the thief in John 10.10, 10, and you can check me out on this contextually, he was not referring to the literal devil, he, but, but his spirit working in and through false shepherds, false literal people. Who were unlawfully stealing from others they were sacrificing the lives of others for their agenda come on somebody they they brought a spirit of death in and over the people of god because he's talking to the israelites here like these false shepherds were people in their midst you know maybe even religious figures political figures false shepherds that were supposed to have care over the people but they were they were sacrificing lives for their own agenda and the entire, this, the, the whole nation was broken. It said that they were living under a shadow of death, that the temple had been corrupt, corrupted. And Jesus said, listen, that whole thing now is going to be torn down brick by brick because you've made it a den of thieves. It's no longer safe for people to come and find refuge in that space. The church has to be a safe place. It has to be a harbor. And the broken machine of religion That's in bed with political partisanship of the Roman agenda during that time. It was was powerless. It had no authority in the earth to do anything. So Jesus said the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them rich and satisfying life. You see, I believe shepherds who lead movements with the heart of Jesus will be graced by Holy Spirit to truly bring the Zoe breath of God to the immortal souls of men, women, and children and actually give birth to a new beginning. That's why Jesus was like, don't let, Matthew 24, 4, don't let anybody mislead you. For many, 24, verse 5, will come in my name, claiming I'm the Messiah, and they will deceive many. Now, contextually, let me just say it like this. If anyone claims to have all of the answers all of the answers for the solution of the problem that we're facing right now, but doesn't bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. Run! Run from them! Listen, those are messiahs that are popping up that say, come follow me. But they're leading to to a waterless fountain that's never going to give any life that the soul is demanding be warned I need to say this to you of news that cultivates fear Matthew 24 6 it says "And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars but he says don't panic if you need to shut your news channel off for a while because it's just breeding anxiety in your heart man do it the other thing I want to say to you is don't be surprised or caught off, by go- off guard by worldly factions. He says in verse 7, nation will go again to war against nation. He's talking about, again, people groups against people groups, and kingdoms against kingdoms, political kingdoms against political kingdoms. And there'll be famines and earthquakes, and, and in many parts of the world, famine, I believe, the biggest one being for the Word of God, right? And the biggest earthquake being the shaking of everything that can be shaken, so all that remains will be of the Lord. Like, bring on that earthquake, but the earth is literally like in travail, waiting for one thing, the sons and daughters of God to be revealed in the earth. He also says in verse 10 of chapter 24, he says, and many will turn away from me and betray and hate one another. I'm wrapping this up. Verse 12, he said, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. Oh my gosh, you're like Darren. I thought this was an encouraging message to bring us into a new beginning. It is. Because you can't worry about what's happening with everybody else. You can't control what's happening with everybody else. The only person right now that you can control to give birth to a new beginning, to actually begin to shepherd a movement, is getting the Zoe life of God into your own heart, into your frame. to find life again and to move yourself from simply surviving to thriving. So Darren, what do I do? Three things So, wrap this up. Number one, and I don't like this word, but it's the word that God's given and we all need to embrace it. We need to endure in His grace. This is not a sprint. This is not something that's going to be changed overnight. This is something that maybe our children or our children's children may fully be able to walk in the fruit of. I don't know. I hope it's our generation. But we're going to endure in His grace. Because He says in verse 13 of chapter 24, the one who endures to the end will be saved. Literally, that word saved is sozo. Will be whole. Will be
1: filled with life.
0: He didn't say the 10 or the 20 or the 1,000. He wasn't even talking about anybody else. He says, the one, you, will you endure in his grace? And if you do, then the good news of the kingdom, verse 14, it's right after that, will be preached. The desired aim of the Father will come. Number two, you need to obey by faith. Obedience comes from having faith. This substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How do you obey when you can't see it? You do it by faith. You let that faith get down on the inside of you that this is real. Because everything that you're living for is going to be questioned. Do you believe that God is going to move now? Do you believe that he's moving on the earth? Do you believe that he can change our city? Do you believe that he can bring forth a move of God that's historic? You have to have faith. And then you have to move obediently out of that faith, even when you don't see it. The conviction... Can't just be a passing conviction or like, oh, now I'm really excited about something because everything's awesome. But the minute we come up against a the hardship, then all of a sudden we repeal back, or someone says something bad about us, or we're hated by our brother, or someone turns cold in their heart. No, we keep moving forward out of obedience by faith. That's what Abraham did. By faith, he obeyed. Lastly, You need to confidently look forward, not backwards. We're not going to rehash the past. We're not going to go back and rethink all kinds of situations that went on, things that people said, things that people did. No, we're going to leave that in the past, and we're going to confidently look forward to what God's going to do. That's what Abraham did. Verse 10 in in Hebrews, as I read before, chapter 11. He was always confidently looking forward to a city with foundations designed and built by God. So I want you to do this. As I close, have a little bit of worship. And then I want you to engage in a conversation with your spouse, with your friend. I want you to phone a friend if no one's there with you in your house right now. I want you to go talk to a neighbor. I want you, I want us to begin to connect. We're not just here to watch some message on television. We're not just here to sit back, you know, in our, in our Sunday PJs, you know, and just like entertain me type stuff. That's, that's not the gospel, right? We're going we're gonna to engage in the word. We're going to engage our hearts. We're going to go there. So here's the question I want you to ask yourself. Talk about, converse with someone else. Am I thriving or am I just surviving? Yes, no, depending on either of those answers, why? Number two, what mindset or belief system do I need to change in order to enter into a greater degree of the Zoe life of God? What have I missed here from the perspective of the word that's keeping me bound in simply surviving A little clue here it's rooted in identity that comes from intimacy all right that then lets us be positioned to see that we're all all called black white red yellow green to make an impact in this world to flourish to come into a desired aim of God and lastly Is my response to the moment obedience because of faith or something else? Could be fear. Yes, no, why? And as you have these conversations and you maybe get some clarity on where you find yourself, I want you to to grab the hand of somebody and come into agreement and say, Father, help me to enter into this new beginning and find a way forward. Lord, as we open up our hearts right now, as we go back and just experience your presence and worship for just a moment, we don't want to stop there. We want to engage our hearts that maybe have been stopped. That Though we breathe, we breathe, we try to breathe, we can't get any air. get our hearts and the rhythm of our hearts in alignment with you so that that breath can flow to the extremities of who we are, the essence, the totality of who we are, and bring us into a space of flourishing in this hour. We love you, Jesus.